Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. PHNX Cardinals live on a Wednesday. Welcome in. Johnny and Bo hanging out. Become a subscriber today. Uh, it's your it's your go-to. It's your premier <laughs> Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or t-shirt every single year. You're a diehard. I'm a diehard for this man to my right, Bo Brock, handsome as ever, in the studio, <laughs> rocking the flannel. It's like 80 degrees here in the Valley. Yeah, but I've been inside all day, just uh, just grinding out content for the fine folks out there that follow PHNX Sports and PHNX Cardinals on social media. Just uh, just getting after it, you know? And, um, you know, I'm a 90s boy. I, I'm a 90s alternative boy. I've got my, my grunge and uh, I threw on the flannel. I just thought the, that's what I was going to go for. You got the 90s grunge look. I got the Sean Hunter hair, Circle Boy Meets World. I'm, I'm told a lot. So we're ready to rock and roll uh, on this Cardinal podcast today. Teased it in the uh, show tweet. Got some news that, that we'll break here uh, in just a little bit pertaining to what the Cardinals plan to do with one Paris Johnson Jr. But uh, uh, a little nugget came out today pertaining to DJ Humphreys. And will the Cardinals, won't the Cardinals release the longtime veteran stalwart left tackle bow for the Arizona Cardinals? And uh, we're very much of the mindset of the camp that, yes, they will. The Cardinals do plan to release their 2015 first rounder out of Florida, uh, which is unfortunate, but, I mean, comes at a cost, and, and he was expensive. Yeah, he was. And it, yeah, it's, it's the ugly side of the NFL. It's the business side of the NFL where you've got your longest tenured player, a guy that has done nothing but buy into the new culture with Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austinfort have instilled on the organization and tears his ACL. And I'm sure there's probably going to be conversations and negotiations regardless this offseason with DJ Humphreys. But JG, a huge fan of Hump but unfortunately not going to be available. And the Arizona Cardinals is, it's a football organization. It's not unfortunately a charity where they're going to be in the business of just handing out millions upon millions of dollars for a guy who's not going to play. So when uh, you look at the Cardinals and who could be a potential cut candidate, our good friend, Brad Spielberger over at uh, pro football focus compiled a list of all 32 teams, top cut candidate. And DJ was the one that was highlighted by the Cardinals. So, I mean, as far as the, the impact, it's about $7 million in dead money, but, close to $16 million in cap savings. And when you're the yeah. Cardinals and you've got a full roster revamp, you're going into year two of a rebuild, you need pretty much all the cap money you can get available uh, right there at your disposal. Chris saying DJ's going to be missed. Absolutely. Dylan Richards saying our only NFC championship player left. Kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Uh, and here's, you know, what I'll admit on this show is I, I wasn't a big believer in Humphrey's, the beginning of last year. A little bit of a, I mean, NFC champ. He didn't play that year. He was drafted okay. in 2015. He was on yeah, the roster. Okay. He wasn't active. Remains. He didn't play. He was inactive. Yeah. He was, I was just, Jared Valdir was holding down the left tackle spot at that point. I'll never forget. I was in St. Louis at the Edward Jones Dome watching Aaron's team play the Rams. And Humphreys would go out before the game as a rookie. And the offensive line and Aaron's would put him through workouts like in front of everybody without pads on, just going through like pass protection sets. They, they no wonder the Humphreys hates Bruce Aarons. They they really made him eat it his first year, and who knows? Maybe that made him a better pro. I don't know, but I, you can make an argument. He has been the most consistent first round pick mm -hmm. as low as that bar has been since certainly Kyler Murray and Patrick Peterson. I mean, it's it's a it's a loss, and the Cardinals were not prepared for Humphreys not to be on the team this year. Like he, he was going to be on the roster. He was going to be yeah. 
in the mix, starting again at left tackle. And that's something I did not see coming early in the year. I'm like, he's getting blown up. Didn't have um, a good first quarter of the season. And then I thought, coincidentally, he played great at the end of the year. I know, you know, folks at PFF, Brad and company, like he had a, a career low, like 62 grade. I actually thought he was pretty solid at the end of the year. I remember we were doing trending up, trending down in like November, early December. I'm like, Humphreys is surprising me. You have to keep him even at his price tag. And then what happens? I mean, he he blew out his his, his Achilles or his, or his ACL? It was his knee. So he had his an ACL knee. tear and then he had an MCL injury as well, which they needed to kind of heal before they could even get to the ACL surgery, which, you know, knocked his timeline back even more so. Yeah. Sweet baby Shane Diefenbach jumping we'll, into our chat. We'll like next week. What are we maybe, smoking on? Maybe on um, this program from the combine. We'll see. Yeah. Mike, our, our videos demonetized. We'll, we'll we'll check that out at the time. <laughs> but I I I think it's it's unfortunate, but I also think it expedites what they were going to do anyway. Like for Cardinals, sure, we're but, not going to look at this draft class and say we have DJ Humphrey, so we're going to ignore these tackles, whether it's four, 27, or 35. Like they were, they were going to plan for it. The writing was on the wall. It, it was, it was going to be in, in, inevitable as far as them drafting his successor, whether he was going to be in house or now it just feels like he won't be And it. Like when you think about DJ Humphreys, like you can, you can kind of be wax poetic about it from like what we talked about kind of humble beginning, right? It goes yeah. from 24th overall to basically a red shirt where the organization's just like, what are we going to do with this guy? They nicknamed him knee deep. They nicknamed the coaching staff called DJ Humphreys knee deep because that's how far you had to put your foot up his ass to get your message across. That was his nickname. And then next thing you know, you know, fast forward eight years later, you know, he's a leader of this organization. He's been your franchise left tackle. And he has been outside of Kyler Murray. He was actually the first first round pick uh, before Kyler Murray to receive an extension under Steve Kahn. Crazy. And then he got another one. And, you know, I know that he hasn't he's not, you know, Orlando Pace. He's not you know, some of the stalwarts of the left tackle position, but he's been steady. And that's really, as you said, relative to the organization, they hadn't even had that. So, you know, DJ Humphreys, it's bittersweet for the organization to be in a, in a position to find his successor in a, in a, in a rich draft class in a, in a deep draft class for the tackle position. Uh, But at the same time to, for it to be a necessary evil for him to have to, get cut and pretty much have to think about what the next step is for him and his potential, you know, if he wants to play again or, or if this is the end of the road. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate for him. Like, I don't think he's going to play at all this year. Mm. I don't think the Cardinals think he's going to play at all this year. So, I mean, he's made a, thankfully for him a good amount of money and, and he's gotten, as you said, multiple extensions, but like you don't blow out your knee in the way that the fashion he did and the timing of when it happened. And you're that big of a person human being and you're over 30 years old, like you don't just rehab and and rally back in like six to eight months. I hope for his sake, he does. Mm -hmm. I think the probably the play is like he's out all this year and then probably does some tryouts with teams and takes physicals like next spring and and signs somewhere else. That's probably what's going to happen. I would be shocked if he played this year. I hope he proves me wrong. Like he did this past season, you know, over overcoming his age, you know, in Austin Ford and Gannon's first year, but that's over. So what's the plan then at the tackle position for the Arizona Cardinals? And we've kind of alluded to it. Again, this is what this show is prepared to tell you. We feel pretty confident about this. Despite speculation otherwise, I'm told, we're told that the plan right now is to keep Paris Johnson Jr. at right tackle. Again, they are looking for a left tackle, not a right tackle. That's something that this podcast is bringing to you exclusively They plan on, unless something changes, and I'm not sticking my foot in my mouth with this, the plan right now today here in late February before the combine is to keep Paris Johnson Jr. at right tackle, which means drafting a left tackle, which means signing a Band-Aid left tackle. Kelvin Beecham's the swing tackle. Paris Johnson Jr. is staying at right tackle. So knowing that, okay, you need now two starters on the left side. You need a left tackle, you need a left guard. We kind of divulged in a little a little bit of speculation yesterday. I think probably the play is sign a guard for good money, a quality guard, a veteran, and then draft a left tackle some point in the 2024 NFL draft. 
It's a good plan. I mean, it, normally it wouldn't be. It's like, oh, you're going to roll the dice, and as it stands right now, you know, your best opportunity. I mean, you, you can make the case, and we have fourth overall, but your best opportunity is, is 27th overall. And there's going to be players at the position right there for you to select uh, because of how deep the tackle class is. But And I think you can, you can look at some, some guards that, that might make sense or even some players that could shift from tackle to guard. But this is a, a pretty decent, like it's not all, it's, it's very rarely like a good off season to have to revamp an entire side of an offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I think the Cardinals are in a, in a good, not great. You're never in a great position, it, it, but a decent spot to, to revamp this thing. And, and we'll see, you know, how they kind of approach free agency. Like, will they find somebody to hold down that guard position you know, what do they look at in house? Like, it, it just feels like this is a team that is just not content moving forward, despite, you know, what many people perceive. And we talked about it yesterday as positive results, maybe the most positive results from any position group on the team last year in, in the offensive line. It, it's, they're always looking to improve. They, they got consistent effort from those guys from, from Will Hernandez to Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, as you mentioned, in DJ Humphreys and Yelda Froholt. So uh, the Arizona Cardinals are, are going to continue to tweak this thing in, until they get something that they deem suitable to protect their $230.5 million investment. Yeah, I it really I, I see a lot of people sharing their emotions, which I would say are mixed to this news. Um, as you suck down one of my Capri Suns, how dare you, uh, in studio. But uh, Strawberry I'll, I'll Kiwi. To, yeah, it's that's refreshing. the best flavor. Uh, yeah. Try to pal- power through here. Um, Paris Johnson Jr. has been studying Lane Johnson tape. We knew that already. Lane mm-hmm. plays right tackle. Now they had stalwarts at, at left tackle. But I, I think the Cardinals view right tackle and left tackle almost as equals in today's NFL. And Kyler Murray is so mobile. I, I've made the argument time and time again, the interior of the offensive line for Kyler is just as important as your edge tackles. So I, I think here's where it gets dicey is – well, who's holding down left tackle until you get to the draft? And then does that make you and leave you vulnerable for reaching for a player? Because the kid out of New England, Owenu, who can play guard and can play tackle, yeah. he's only ever played on the right side. He's played a good amount of guard, right yard, and he's played some right tackle. He hasn't played left tackle before. So it's like, is that an option? I don't know. You probably kick him over to left guard and be and be in pretty decent shape, but you know, people are asking, does that mean you have to take Joe Alt or Alu Fashnu at four? No, I still believe, based on what we've heard, that they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at four. And we're going to talk more about Marvin here a little bit. But, like, let's say you take Marvin at four. You don't have a left tackle yet. I think it expedites your sense of urgency to go from 27 and go up and get somebody, whether it's Mims or Tyler Guyton can play left tackle. I mean, mm-hmm. most of these tackles in the first round can play left tackle. So let me repeat that. Most of the guys that we're projecting, Fuega, all these guys have have time and experience at left tackle. And so I would imagine that that's going to be a big priority. So for those of us that are hoping and praying for a defensive tackle or an edge rusher at 27, I I would say that the priority remains receiver to offensive tackle, assuming Marvin's there. Yeah, and, and Marvin's the key. I think Marvin is the absolute key, and we'll get into the wild card New England Patriots here down the line, and, and you know, there's still the unknown yeah. what they're going to do. But if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there, it, it's it's easy for you. You make the you make the pick. You run the card up to the podium. You select the playmaker out of Ohio State, six foot four, uh, son of Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer, and you make the selection twenty years after you select it. Larry Fitzgerald. It's just it, that's that's how it's going to go, and you, Cardinals fans should be absolutely elated by that. But then, then you lean on the strength of this draft uh, outside the receiver positions, tackle position, and yeah, I think Monty Osterford. As I see people in the chat asking, like, do you trade up? You know, I think Monty Osterford is going to just like last year. He's going to keep his finger on the pulse of this thing, and. and kind of he's doing his homework on, on teams that could be in the market to draft a, a tackle and see if he needs to get up ahead of some teams. And like, obviously it's not going to be for an alt and probably not for a fashion, but like if they like Fuaga, like maybe they get up, maybe if he has a slide and in, in Austin Fort views an opportunity, maybe he does utilize all that draft capital that he has or sticking and picking and just getting the best guy. I mean, it's, 
there, there's so many names. And Tyler Guyton was the right tackle, as you said, playing for a left-handed quarterback. Uh, I talked to Guyton. I was standing right there as he had his media scrum. He said the, the really nice things about Kyler Murray. But he also said, you know, what are teams, what are they talking to you? What position are they talking to you about playing most often? He said left tackle. Yeah. So, look, I, I know he, he just played at Oklahoma at right tackle, but people view him as a franchise caliber left tackle. So did Oklahoma. If they had a right-handed quarterback, he's he's flipped over the right. other side. They, they put tackle. him at right tackle to protect yeah. the blind side of their quarterback. Yeah. So I, I love the, the energy in the chat. Hit that like button. Let's get to 300 likes here on a football Wednesday. Eddie's saying, isn't a left tackle the safer pick? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is about as safe as you can get. But <laughs> I, I will say, I think alt is a safer pick than Malik neighbors. In my opinion, people can disagree with that. That's fine. Alu Fashinu is, and I say with this respectfully, is more of a finesse tackle, but he's the better pass protector. I think alt has the highest ceiling of any offensive lineman in this draft. He's 20 years old. He, now he turns yeah. 21 during the draft process. Oh, but he's, you old. see he's 20. Take him years off the old. board. Yeah. I, I just, Six foot eight. like, from an offensive line factory in Notre Dame. I and mean, he was clearly the best, and he's yeah. been the best Notre for Dame two and a half years. Turns those guys out. Like they they recruit them, they develop them, and they turn them into uh, starting offensive linemen in the NFL. And it's 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 great. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, left tackle in any other situation is is a safer prick, right? But it's like when you have Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, and he's he's as safe as it gets at the wide receiver position. And then like w- then you start to go with it. It's like, okay, Malik Neighbors, like he's cake right now. It's delicious, right? But when you're eating your vegetables and you're you're it's it's pool season, you take your shirt off, you got something that resembles a little bit of a six pack where Malik Neighbors, you just you got the you don't have that beach bot because I, it's fun, tastes good, yeah. but it's not as good for you at the end of the day. Uh LVL seven or L yeah, you need an elite weapon for K one. I agree with that, but they got, they got two big needs on offense. Now you number one, alpha wide receiver need a left tackle. Kyler Murray is really encouraged with how Austin Ford is building this team. And I think you should be especially encouraged by the work that they did up front on the offensive line last year. If we're sitting here as a spectator, media fans, whatever, and saying, man, the offensive line looks great. They're really coaching those guys up. And then Bo, to your point internally, they're saying, this wasn't good enough. We were patchworking it together. It shows you they have an expectation. They're not hanging on for dear life, time time style, and signing Rodney Hudson, coaxing him out of retirement, overpaying him, shipping two thirds to the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders. Like they, this is their plan. Their plan is Marvin Harrison Jr., number one rated player on their board. Then if he's not available, and I tweeted this out last night, I think, I think Marvin's the exception. I think Marvin, you get him at four. If he's not there, you either take Alt or you, uh, especially you tried to trade down and get Alt, Fuega, or Fashnu. I think that's the best case scenario. If you can get a team like Atlanta or the Titans or somebody at the back half of the top 10 to trade down with you, like what you did last year. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they almost seem like they want to replicate the recipe from last year. And I see people in the chat asking, could they get Marvin and trade up from 27 for Alt or Fashnu? No, they're not in a position. They're not two players away. As much mm-hmm. as I would love that from a content perspective, and I love these players, <laughs> and we were robbed of that of that because Houston was much better. They are in a position where, okay, we got to take our vitamins, eat our vegetables here. We can have one cheat meal, even though Marvin's not a cheat meal. But then we got we to get back to what helped us win games this year. Mm-hmm. And when they were cooking, it was because of those five offensive linemen up front that were paving the way for Josh Dobbs and – Michael Carter Jr. I mean, they they won games they weren't supposed to because of their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, they were the ground and pound. With with James Conner operating at the level that he was, he was humming, man. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see. And if, if you get guys that they view as, as talented enough players to to block for them, yeah. whether it's, you know, pass or, or run block, that's scary to think about. Like what Drew Petzing and Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for, like the – the offensive brain trust now of this, of this organization. Like that's scary to think about because man, they were putting together some pretty impressive days on the ground and then it opened up things for Kyler Murray. It's like, you don't need elite receivers sometimes with, with that game plan. You just don't. Um, but like 
when you've got the likes of potential Guyton being there, and, and 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 I'm talking about like a mini trade up. I'm talking about like from 27 to within the 20s, right? If you view like, okay, I really like Tyler Guyton. I got to go up and get him. Maybe I'll flip package one of those three third round picks to get up. I think that 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 would be worthy of it. But yeah, not not completely giving up selling the farm just to, to get up to get one of those top guys because the bottom like with guys who are fringe first rounders or end of the round first rounders from your Jordan Morgans to Tyler Guidens to Graham Bartons I mean those are some pretty good options for the Arizona Cardinals to have that's that's where DJ Humphreys was selected and I think you're going to get more uh ready to play type prospects DJ Humphreys left tackle where he was selected you know I see a lot of people like pushing back saying you got to push Paris over to left tackle. I'm telling you what I, I we're hearing they're going to do. I'm not telling you I would do that. I think it makes sense to move Paris over. I was surprised to hear behind the scenes that the plan is to keep him right tackle. So let me, let me be clear about that. Like what we may think is right or wrong. Sometimes it's very different with what they plan to do, but they're with Paris every day. And I, I think they view this tackle class as special. I know we do Bo and you, you're able to add a player, I mean, it's you're putting a lot of stock into somebody being available to you at 27 if you take Marvin at four, but you can get creative. You can go up for somebody. But again, if you're just joining us, like Paris, the plan is right now today for Paris Johnson Jr. to play right tackle in 2024. And pro, I mean, if he's a right tackle this year, he's a right tackle permanently. Like this is your one chance to move him over to left tackle with a clear gla- glaring hole and a weakness there without an heir apparent. And if they're not doing that anyway, they're keeping them a right tackle. So if um, if you hear otherwise, like remember this podcast first to tell you Paris is staying right tackle. <laughs> I think JG. I think the organizations like they like the continuity. They do. Right? They they they, they, they like and Will Hernandez next to each other. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a great it was it was one of the best uh, tag team duos in the NFL. You yeah. loved what they were doing on the right side, right? They were just two two big men moving people around. They got a lot of dog in them. They, they got they they are like just just a students in dogalytics. I, I mean, you love it. Like as far as what they bring to the table, and I think. W- you know, people will say that Jonathan Gannon took some things from Philly. Like, I think he took, you know, Paris Johnson being the next Lane Johnson, even though it doesn't make comps. Like, he liked having the stability because some teams will just like, oh, we we figured out left tackle and then right tackle is not a throwaway, but they don't emphasize it as much. And JG understands the value of that. Of, of you need because they're gonna you're gonna have every team now it feels like has a premier edge on yeah. both sides so to have a guy like paris johnson be able to hold it down potentially for the foreseeable future is huge and then to really lean into uh the the strength of this draft i think that's just the route to go like if if it was different if we were sitting here and, and it's it's last year's tackle class and you're sitting there and, and you're trying to figure out like who could be there beyond uh Darnell Wright, I then then you probably don't don't and do Stronsky, this. Right? What we weren't even sure he could play tackle. Right. It was like, oh, is he a guard? I mean, last year, Wright and Paris Johnson Jr. were the two gems, Paris especially. And then there was a dramatic drop-off. The Cardinals this year, like they're flushed. It's like they're flushed with cash. They're flushed with tackles to, to be able to pursue. Um, Dylan Richards saying, do we extend Froldhold? Is he our center for good? Ask me after the draft. If they draft an interior offensive lineman, I think Froldhold could be year to year. Like I And I say that because like we've been conditioned. Froldhold was great. He's got one year left on his contract. You got to extend him. He's 26. What if they draft Jackson Powers Johnson at 35? Then, then he's probably off the team. Or I It's, it's going to be really interesting. They want an offensive line, though, built of first and second rounders, ass kickers, to be able to support Kyler Murray. And here's what I'll say about K1. A lot of people say clamoring for weapons, and I, he wanted CeeDee Lamb. Who has Kyler Murray pushed for, uh, formerly of Steve Kime, and then one year with Monty Austin for it? Creed Humphreys, mm-hmm. Tristan Wirfs, Paris Johnson Jr. Like, Kyler's yeah. really smart, and people don't give him credit. He, he wants linemen. Yeah. And he wanted his best friend, Stevie Lamb, which how can you blame him? Like right. behind the scenes, he'd probably tell Monty Osford, yeah, you know, we traded for Hollywood. Probably should have just grabbed Tyler Lindenbaum. You know, probably should have just gotten a center right. when that went down. And Ky- Kyler is very, very 
confident in his ability to take whatever receivers you have and elevate them. And he yeah. never, and Bo, you were with him every week, never threw his receivers under the bus this year. No, not at all. And, you know, he's sitting there and telling Steve Kime he likes Tristan Wirfs. He wants this sturdy metal fork because it's that's what you need. You need a fork. And then what happened? And you need a knife. And then Kime was like, I got you this plastic spork. What do you think about this? He's like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> I got you one of those frothers for your coffee. Remember those? Yeah, well, I got you one of those. He's like, why don't you let me worry about the team building? I got and, you uh, a pipe cleaner to try to cut your steak with. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Paris Johnson Jr., the plan is staying at right tackle, and we fully expect the Cardinals to release DJ Humphreys this offseason, not going to be on the team uh, because he's not going to play. Like, I, there's no scenario in which they keep him. Like, you don't keep him, as you said, this isn't charity, to just be on the team as, as great of a locker room guy. If he was making, like, no money, maybe you could say stash him. They can't stash him. He's making yeah. too much money. He's not, not going to be available. Right. How dare you, Brian? He can't make Bo a better receiver, though, to be fair, Johnny. Kyler can't elevate my game. That's deep. That cuts very I was, deep. I was wide open. He had perfect uh, protection. I was wide open. It's on me. Yes. Patrick T, 499 Super Chat. Thank you so much, friend of the program. Patrick, we're a run-first team now, and that right side was so aggressive. Don't fix, fix what's broke. Time to build the left side. Perf perfectly said. That's exactly what they're going to do. But Marvin Harrison Jr., it just it complicates things just a smidge because I think what we thought initially was after they beat Philadelphia, Marvin is gone. That's not a real dream anymore. That's not a reality that we're going to experience. We're back to Joe Alt, like we were for a lot of the season. And then the teams ended up falling where they did, and everybody needs a quarterback, and the Patriots are a hot mess. We're going to talk about that here in a second. I do want to get to this comment here um, from Travis. Keep up the great work. I watch the show every day. From Pittsburgh or from PA, uh, Pennsylvania. I currently have COVID. Oh no, for the first time. So I'm praying the Cardinals yeah. get Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, Travis, rest up, hydrate, be well, my friend. Thank you for the support. Uh, we appreciate that. Tricky thing to don't mess around with it. Get your rest, my guy. Yeah, man, that that sucks. That sucks to have to be down with the vid uh, at any point. So um, it's it it. How many first round grades do you think? Osford has on this tackle class because that that's probably the thing that they're gonna i, I bet it, it goes on, let me pull up a big board and i'll tell you yeah i mean I well, look you you can run off at least alt at least fashion at least fuaga uh and then you get into a marius mims out of georgia um tyler guyton has a first round grade tyler guyton most likely has one uh maybe graham barton potentially i mean that's that's six at a duke uh, Jordan Morgan, potentially, who Kyle Odegaard followed up with after we talked to him in the Combine. Cardinals have talked to him. I've got seven on my hand right now. I'm just counting JC on my hand. J.C. Latham out of, Latham, yep, out of Alabama. That's Alabama. Um, yeah, I mean, you could talk yourself into, like, shit, man. If you take a tackle, a fringe first-round tackle, or a, or a high second-round tackle at 27, no one's going to complain about that. Like, if, if, if you have a tackle that's graded 35th overall, 32nd overall, and you want to make sure you get them and you take them at 27 because it's a premium position, I'm not going to have an issue with that. Like, what you don't want to do is pass and then wait to 35 and then that tackle not be there. And then you're really in trouble. So I'm not saying reach, but this is the year. How many times have we said this, Bo, for the past six months? When everybody's clamoring, this defense is horrendous. I can't watch this unit. It's so bad. It has no talent. All that to say, lean into the strength of the draft. And it's strong in three positions. And you don't need one of them. Quarterback, receiver, tackle. You just, like, no one's going to remember your team needs five years from now if Marvin Harrison Jr. and J.C. Latham or Tyler Guyton are ass kickers for you and, and cornerstone players on your roster. Oh, yeah, but we, you know, we took a corner at 27 because we you know we really didn't have much at that position group and we took a took a small school kid or we took TJ Tampa and that's not the dog TJ Tampa I'm just saying <laughs> you you got to you got to go where the draft leads you and this draft mm -hmm. is is so rich in those two positions uh was it EBEG saying Bo's tackle does not have an NFL left tackle on it what are we talking about here a lot of Joe Alt, Joe Alt's not a, an NFL left tackle. Fuaga at Oregon State, that mammoth of a man, he's not a he's not a starting caliber left tackle. I find that hard to believe. There, Tyler Guyton isn't going to be a starting left tackle in the in the NFL. I just, I mean, I I just 
I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. You know what else is hard to believe? Some of these prices right now for uh, Suns Lakers at the Footprint Center for Sunday on game time. So I saw Suns Lakers on game time back in, I believe, November. Got tremendous seats with our friends at game time using what I think is one of the best features on there, the flash deal, which right now there's flash deal deals up and down. You can sit courtside, row two, basically. So almost courtside, under a thousand bucks for Suns Lakers. Oh, you guys in the mood to watch some Hall of Famers, Damn, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, ever Throw a G down and go to Suns game? I, I, a thousand bucks to sit courtside in an NBA game? I feel like that's, that's pretty solid. What, what yeah, it's a good games? deal. I'm still not I'm not taking it. What else you got? We got some big. Have you seen some in super chats? We got some big spenders in the chat. How dare you interrupt my read? How dare you? Here, I'm going to help people out. Yeah. If you're worried about the price tag for courtside seats being, I don't know, 900 bucks. How about 20 bucks off of that? On top of it, with your first purchase on the Game Time app with bonus code PHNX. Again, 20 bucks off your first purchase, or if you're pinching pennies. Right, you can go spring training right around the corner. Apply that; it might cover your whole ticket on game time. Coyotes not red hot right now. Could get tickets on the cheap, but regardless of what you do, check out game time. Plus, we got like Blink One Eighty Two coming to town. Avril Lavigne, like the best of the early two thousands, is apparently making its way to Phoenix, and you can get hooked up with our friends at Game Time right now. Download the app, create an account, use the bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX Cardinals sent you twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You see, uh, I, mean, I got a thousand dollar tickets to see Avril Lavigne. I'm going to be front row with, with when she's I'm doing Skater Boy. I'm not. Skater Boy going. I'm going to be, going, I'm gonna be in the front row because the Game Time. It's get a good deal. on here ASAP. Arizona Lottery is going to help you get some of those those pricey tickets. Obviously, you're still getting an awesome deal from Game Time. But what uh, Arizona Lottery also has is just an incredible promotion. It's fun too. Like it's just not scratching a carding long. You can do that. You can go OG yeah. way. Just get yourself your lucky nickel and scratch off and you going up to $50,000. You got three Arizona themed tickets out there. One featuring Picacho peak monument Valley. And of course our beloved Camelback mountain, but also you can just head to azadventure.com and you can participate in a very fun geolocated adventure, 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma. You, they will, uh, you just log on to azadventure.com. You got details and directions and you just check in at destinations for coordinates on the website or enter tickets online for a chance to win $1 million in cash and other Arizona travel prizes. The Arizona lottery is not just about playing games. It's about just winning prizes and also giving back to its state and its communities. Visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win 1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Uh, everybody's saying I must roll deep. I, I must have gotten a raise. Listen, I'm not saying I am buying courtside seats to Suns Lakers, but if somebody were to tell me how much do you think courtside seats are for yeah. Suns Lakers? Because here's here's what I will say: I paid 500 bucks total for two seats in the upper deck during the playing game. So you're telling me that I can be courtside for obviously more than that, but I don't feel like too much more. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good, especially like we're in the second half, baby. It's go time. Suns Lakers prime for, I think, a Western Conference final showdown, hopefully, uh, in a couple of months. But I mean, you guys just that's fine. You know, <laughs> dog on me and and uh, the way I live my life and Bo's drinking my Capri Suns. And now I'm set up for more disappointment as the New England Patriots. It's that time of the offseason where people are haters and they want to merge uh, R. Marvin with the New England Patriots and saying that's the right play for the Patriots ball. Yeah, I just saw a snippet from Mina Kimes podcast, uh, her and Phil Yates, who we talked to on Radio Rose, just dialed in. They were just trying to make an educated guess on, on what the New England Patriots are going to do, but at the end of the day, you you truly don't know because you don't you don't know who's calling the shots really in, in New England right now. I mean, they've got a new head coach in Gerard Mayo, and then they've got, you know, their long history of winning, and they're trying to probably merge the two together. And I don't know if that's going to sync up. Could be like oil and water, but like, are they going to try to, are they going to adopt most NFL front offices' philosophies? 
And in the rebuild, how they're going to approach that? And you know, we got Daniel Jeremiah yesterday. He's doing his mock draft. He's got the Pats taking Marvin Harrison Jr. because he thinks that they could go with a veteran quarterback in free agency potentially, or trade for a Justin Fields. And that's those are the options, right? Could, could they get a Russell Wilson? Could they get? Uh, could they get Justin Fields? Yeah. And and then is that going to be enough? To, to get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., if you're skeptical about that, you absolutely should be. I, I just don't think it's the right way to rebuild. And I think Mina and, and Field also, they echoed that. I mean, what we've been saying for a long time, I mean, it's it's either you take a quarterback, the third best quarterback on the board, or you trade down. That That's the best way to, to really kickstart your rebuild. And I also think I've seen a number of people recently come out and say Malik Neighbors is almost an equal with Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, I don't believe that at all. I think Neighbors has shortcomings just based on his physical attributes. He's four, almost four inches shorter than Marvin. So that he's never going to make that up, you know, uh, before he gets drafted, like before they play actual games and he can play bigger like he did at LSU. So if there are people out there that are saying, well, Neighbors and Marvin are almost 1A and 1B, and you can say the same thing about Alu Fashion and Joe Alt, if you're the Patriots and you decide, you know what, we don't love Jaden Daniels for whatever reason, you're, you're going to try to trade down and just say, you know what, I'll take Neighbors if he's available, I'll take Alt if he's available, I'll take Fashion if he's available. Like that, That's what New England should do. And I think at the end of the day, cards on the table, I think that's what they're going to do. I like, we're, we're going to be on pins and needles. Are they going to sign a free agent quarterback? What's going on here? Russell Wilson. Like, if they sit out of free agency quarterback-wise and they sign fringe starters, then we know what's going down with Jaden Daniels. But even if they sign a Russell Wilson, if he's available, a Ryan Tannehill, a Kirk Cousins, or whatever, I still think there's a good chance they trade out of that pick. I think that that pick is for sale. That roster is so depleted. Like Austin Ford sat in a room last year and looked at the Cardinals roster and was just like, gut 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 mm. start over rebuild you would you would often say this rip it from the studs right mm. i think that's what the patriots are going to do and the only outlier to that is well if we can get our franchise quarterback we're going to do that and i thought it was interesting somebody and i this is not good podcasting but somebody mentioned you and i in a comment yesterday late in the day basically the the patriots gm his father, I believe, was a general manager. Wolf, is that his name? Was it Elliot Wolf? I can't remember. And and basically, his philosophy was like basically dogged on the idea of taking a receiver early and said, that if you don't have a quarterback, and I'll find it here in a second, but if you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing as a franchise. And if he took anything from his father and the <laughs> and the roster construction, the team building, like yeah. they're they are not taking a receiver at three. And let me see if I can find it. You're going to turn your back on your father? Is yeah. That what you're going to do? I wouldn't. I wouldn't is, that the first, that. is that the first major move you're going to make as a GM? Is you're going to immediately just turn your back on your father? You don't want to do that, New England Patriots. No. I, you're going to, you're going to, how, how would you justify it at family dinners and gatherings if it didn't work out? <laughs> oh, my son, he, you said GM for the Patriots? No, I have no son. Um, because. <laughs> One, the Patriots aren't a real football team because they don't have a quarterback. Yes, it was it it was Elliot Wolf. So it's Elliot Wolf's father. Basically, came out and trashed the idea of a receiver. Basically, said like, um, it's just it's dumb. It's dumb. It's not going to work. You can't throw to yourself. Here it is. So um, no, this I don't have it. I don't have it. <laughs> what the hell I, happened? Did your computer shut down? It. No, it's. You know how Twitter is. It's all over the place. Um, but you can take my word for it. It's Dov didn't have it? He didn't just copy and paste it from somebody? We didn't have Nothing. one of those accounts? Yeah, the aggregate. Okay. Um, we got it? Yeah, Do we think we, we got took, it again? He took it. So basically, Elliot Wolf's dad. Here, here it is. Here's the, here's the quote. Is his name this Wolf? Is yes. Because he, he drafted quarterbacks in Green Bay. I love when it comes to Wolf. this draft Wolf. in the Patriots... I also understand this. You can't go anywhere these days without someone taking that snap from center, said the elder wolf. That's the most important position in the game. If the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and given their shared football philosophy, it's easy to say it doesn't. Elliot Wolf's first action of team building as the de facto GM of the Patriots 
could very well be selecting the quarterback with the third overall pick. This is from Ron Wolf. So that's his dad. What are you going to do? Take a wide receiver questioning Ron Wolf. You have to have someone to throw him the ball. That came from Ron Wolf, Elliot Wolf's father, who is the GM of the Patriots, mm-hmm. basically saying, son, I'm going to disown you if you take Marvin. <laughs> you will not be invited to Thanksgiving this year. You're, we're all going to laugh at you when you got Bailey Zappi trying to complete passes to Marvin Harrison Jr. Or the third team that, you know, took Russell Wilson in, you know, the, the Seahawks cast them off and now the Broncos are going to cast them off. And, you know, the Patriots are going to be the other naive team that thinks that he can get it done and, and return to Russ cooking status where it's unlikely to happen. Even if he had a Marvin Harrison jr. Because you know, their offensive line is going to be uh, in shambles and it's going to have to be rebuilt as Trent Brown leaves that organization. And we'll see what happens with, uh, Oh, Oh, uh, was it Owen new? And yeah. then, I mean, they're, they're just, they, they're a mess, especially on the offensive side of football and, and just throwing, Maserati Marv in you know the parking space of your apartment it's probably not the best move so I, I'm I co-sign with with Wolf and I think a lot of people do I mean when yeah. you're staring down a rebuild we've been pounding the table here I don't know maybe we need to have a DNA test is Ron Wolf my dad because I think that you should take a quarterback as well because if you don't have a quarterback what the hell are you doing it's it's We've talked about this. It almost mirrors last year's conversation with Will Anderson Jr. Yes. And he plays edge rusher. Yeah. And we sat on the show and we're like, we would love Will Anderson Jr. And then you talk it out and you're like, God, the Cardinals have nothing. And they have to start over and they have no good players and we need to trade down. <laughs> when when you watch Mina Kimes on that podcast, and I've seen this mm-hmm. a lot with Patriot players and then or Patriot media and then subsequently members of the fandom – where they the conversation starts off with, wouldn't it be great to have Marvin? We've never had a great receiver and blah, 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 blah. And then they start talking about it into reality. And then you're just like, we're not ready for this. We yeah. can't support this at all. This is not a good idea at all. Again, the elements, the lack of quarterback, the roster construction, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is not going to prohibit you from going three and 14 and getting embarrassed. Yeah. It's just watch, not. Watch film of Larry Fitzgerald from 2000. Great point. Four through to 2008 and then from 2010 to about 2013 and the quarterbacks that were thrown on the football like he still made plays right he's still like he's with with that ham sandwich platter of quarterbacks that they paraded that was in out. a dome it was in a dome right you weren't going against the elements and you weren't going against you know the jets defense or the dolphins defense and the bills i mean it, like he, he's going to put up numbers. He's going to cruise to a thousand yards receiving, but everything else is going to be just excruciating to watch. If you've got just some retread veteran quarterback or you bring back one of these clown show quarterbacks that you had in the room last year, or you try, you try to, you try to outsmart everybody and take Bo Nix in the second round, he'll be throwing, he'll be throwing Marvin Harrison jr. Ground balls. Like my dad did in the backyard when I was growing up. His noodle arm. Uh, it, I again, I Cardinals are in a really good spot. We say that every show, but it bears repeating. This this team is going to get better. They're going to fill a need. They're going to get a good player, and they're and they're probably going to get additional assets in the process. But we're going to be at the combine a week from today, and coaches and general managers are going to talk, and we're going to get further insight into this. And I I just think I think we're just laying we're laying the foundation for. MHJ to be an Arizona Cardinal, and and it's going to be a great thing, uh, regardless of when it happens. Bet MGM's here to be a great thing for you as you dabble on the betting scene. Bet five, get one fifty instantly. So I mentioned Lakers Suns this weekend. Who you got? Well, if you want to place a five spot on either team uh, on a standard odds price wager with our friends at Bet MGM, and you're a new customer, you're going to get hooked up with one fifty in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. So a five spot Suns or Lakers. It's going to get you hooked up. And again, you can bet on NBA, you can bet on NHL, whatever you want to do. Just make sure you're doing with our friends at BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM. Use that bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX Cardinals sent you. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the app on your mobile device, or you can do it. I love doing this. Pull it up, BetMGM.com on my desktop here. I can look at everything, props, whatever you want to do. Do it with BetMGM. Five spot gets you 150 in additional winnings, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Check out the show notes for full of details. Now listen to my guy, Damon Dog, talk about it in the disclaimer.
Only problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Now I know how you can throw a K down on some Suns tickets. It's the BetMGM app. You've built your stack over there and you're throwing cash around. Are you taking the Benz to the Suns game <laughs> later this week or is it the Beamer? I, just let me know. Uh, also, good good I'm night out. Gila River Resorts and Casinos. That's right. You don't have to have $1,000 to go have some fun over at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. You can go make a grand, even more so. It's uh, an unbelievable, authentic, and immersive experience. We love what's going on as far as our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. We did our watch parties there at Wild Horse Pass. It was fantastic. It was the best sports book in all the land. We just spent a week in Vegas. I would have rather just driven 10, 20 minutes down Easily. the road to one of Gila's resorts casinos uh casinos out there it has state-of-the-art gaming floors they got tvs to watch all the sports you can take plus great food whether you're just trying to get a quick eat quick bite to eat or maybe get something a little bit nicer how about shula's steakhouse uh guy who went what 14 and 0 in the regular season the undefeated season if, if it's good enough to go undefeated in the nfl he's got great steak as well check out yep. shula steakhouse at gila river resorts and casinos head to gila river resorts and casinos and let them show you what the next level is all about you do you at gila river resorts and casinos visit playgila.com for more details that's gila with a g zona tucson 93 johnny Bo, is there going to be a draft party yes there is uh zona tucson 93 we don't have a location yet we're going to have that hopefully within uh, the next month on this podcast. We'll debut that sometime probably around free agency. We're going to get it synced up with our GM, Saul Bookman. It could be at Gila River. could be at one of the other locations of our, our many proud partners. It's going to be somewhere here in the Valley, accessible for everybody. And it's going to be Thursday night of round one of the NFL draft. And then myself, Bo Brock, Damon Dog, hopefully our guy Britton Golden, who will be with us at the Combine next week. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage like we did last year, live for the entirety of round two. And then we're going to have coverage on day three that Saturday. So your premier Arizona Cardinal coverage applies to the NFL draft, and it starts with the biggest, baddest draft party this side of the Valley. We've got uh, the NFL draft, obviously, is a huge paramount for the Arizona Cardinals. Pivotal as far as their offseason and the rebuild goes, double-digit picks and two in the first round. But there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. And NFL free agency is less than a month away. March 13th, tampering window opens up. We expect the Arizona Cardinals to be very busy during that time. And uh, it, it starts with them trying to rebuild that defense, Johnny. It was a a defense that I think Nick Rollis put in position to compete at times uh, with his calls, but talent disparity was on full display. It felt like each and every week. And uh, I think we should give a free agent target each on what we think the Arizona Cardinals could do to rebuild that defense um, and supplement it through free agency. I think you and I are on the same page you know, the premier defensive ends are going to get tagged and then probably going to go for a mid-tier guy, a a reclamation project. Hopefully you see growth from Zayvon Collins in his second year playing the position, B.J. Ojolari, and then, of course, you have the NFL draft. And I think both of our picks support that. I'm happy to go first, and I'm happy to wind the clocks back to 2020 when Monty Austin Ford was in New England and the Cardinals took a certain pass rusher out of, or excuse me, the Patriots took a certain pass rusher out of Michigan, who happens to be a free agent out of New England. It's Josh uh, how do you Uche. Uche, um, who is coming off a relatively mediocre season in 2023, just three sacks. But how about 2022? 11 and a half sacks. He wasn't hurt this year. He played, but like, let's be frank. When did the Patriots ever have the lead? When did it ever seem like an apropos time to be able to pin your ears back, rush the passer, supremely gifted player um, that obviously has a high ceiling if he was a second-round pick out of the Big Big Ten once upon a time? uh, Wasn't a hardball recruit, but I think at the end of the day, prime position to say 25 years old, could we bring him in on a two-year deal with some guaranteed money up front to come say, okay, Go compete with Zavin. Go compete with B.J. Ojolari. Be part of that rotation that we always hear about, Bo, where it's eight to ten guys deep. 
So when Brian Burns is saying, I want $30 million a year, this is the kind of move I could see the Cardinals pivoting to, especially if Austin Ford really liked his tape, and I have no idea, coming out of Michigan, I think the money needs to be spent. The high dollar amount on one to two singular players need to be spent on defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. I think you can be a little bit more particular at edge rusher, given, given the numbers that you have coming back. If you just throw gobs of cash at a defensive tackle or an interior defensive lineman, and then you have a savvy approach to the edges, I think that you could rebuild this thing, like you said, with that big investment is your anchor and part of that defensive line rotation and then supplement it with these edges. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I mean, I think Uche is probably a more realistic option than saying go out there and get a former first round pick and, and Chase Young, who's going to probably command more than he deserves with his inconsistent start to his career or the Burnses of the world. Um, obviously, th- those are those are big names that, that you would love to see get after the quarterback for the Cardinals, but I think they they'll be playing in this sandbox more realistically. And that's why I went to South beach, Miami, a player that, you know, Damon dog is, doesn't know if the, the Miami dolphins will let walk because he's so versatile. And so made an impact for the Finns defense last year. It's Andrew Van Ginkle, 28 year old edge who uh, had six sacks last year, 32 hurries, and broke up eight passes. He had eight passes defended, whether it's knocking it down. I know he had a pick six as well. He was fantastic in coverage. I think this is the versatile-type player that Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon covet, and I don't think he's going to break the bank. Now we'll see You know what if Miami decides to move off of some other players and retain a guy like Van Ginkle. But I, th- I think he would be perfect for Nick Rollis's defense next year. Um, this is like when you say, I want a Van Ginkle, and then we have a gang Van Ginkle at home, and it's Dennis Gardeck. Am I allowed no, to say that? Just because no. he's white and has long hair? No, because he has a number in the 40s. That's what it makes me think of, a pass rusher with a number in the 40s. No, Wouldn't that be I, great if you had Gardeck at 42, and then you've got Van Ginkle, or I'm sorry, what does Gardeck wear, 45? Yeah. You have Van Ginkle at 43, and then just the long hair bros? I think I think Gardeck can put up similar numbers to that next year. No. You don't think so? I mean, he, had, he had a ton of opportunities last year. Like he, so, but Van Ginkle, I think, consistently did it in in as far as coverage goes. Like, and, and you see their outside linebackers drop back in coverage. We saw it's true. We saw Gardeck in coverage, and it's not like when he's in coverage on special no. teams. It's it's. It's special to say the least. Van, Van Ginkle is a much better player out in space. Um, and again, Listen to this game against Dallas that he okay. had. Okay. He had, he had uh, nine total pressures and he had five hurries and two sacks. I mean, he, he was just all over the place in five tackles. I mean, I think he was a guy that would drop back every once in a while. He probably he'd play a little slot. Like, I think what? that he's somebody that. They like the versatility, the violence that he plays with. And and like I think the, the Cardinals, they like Dennis Gardeck. But I think that this is if you like Dennis Gardeck, you're gonna like you're gonna love Al, Andrew Van Ginkle. What's happening in Miami? They lose a Vic Fangio, obviously. We know why that happened, but Van Ginkle is a key contributor. He's hitting the market. Christian Wilkins is gonna hit the market. Like Miami's defense can be pretty easy to fade next year, especially they they lost their supremely gifted pass rusher to an injury this year. Um, the kid, the Cardinals passed on for Zayvon Collins out of Miami, but I'm with the chat. I think Zayvon Collins, they, they have promise in, they, they still feel like he can turn into something. And I think can Van Ginkle, can he mirror those numbers? Can Zayvon mirror those numbers? Like I, I have a hard time believing Zayvon is going to regress next year. I think he's going to be better, Mm. but I also think whether it's Van Ginkle or, you know, the kid out of new England, I mentioned Uche, like they need some quality spot starters here and there they need guys you're not going to get an ace right you're not going to get a josh allen but can you get a couple relief pitchers to come in and help you in the third and fourth quarter force matthew stafford off the field and get a sack in a key spot i think they i know they care much more about like total team sacks compared to one guy having 20 sacks a la chandler jones so 
I I'm fine with any of this. I think, you know, good. You got to raise the floor. You got to raise the floor as far as the productivity from your edge. Well, and Victor Cages of the world, those guys are probably just not going to be around. Yeah. But if if you've got guys that in their career have put up numbers before and and can do it again. And as you said, if Monty looks at the tape and and thinks that Uche can turn back the clock, you know, just only a season removed from a, a real solid season and Van Ginkle can continue to do what he does. Like those are upgrades, but those are upgrades with the qualifier of you got to have some guys in the, as far as the interior of the defensive line that are going to be disruptive and, and create pass rush lanes for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like none of this matters if they don't get defensive linemen, defensive, true defensive tackles. And who knows? I mean, Jalen Blair saying Miami doesn't have any money. They, they're they $58 million over the cap, and they've got to sign Tua. Well, then Christian Wilkins needs to be an Arizona Cardinal, if that's if that's the case. Eddie's saying, I think we go after Chase Young, Clowney on prove-it mercenary deals. I think both those guys probably don't fit what they want to do from a locker room individual standpoint. And that's not to knock them as, as people, but like Chase Young – basically coasted a large portions of the NFC playoffs. Like, and and he's going to be your marquee signing an edge rusher and Jadavion Clowney's pretty old. And I, I would think he'd want to go back to Baltimore, chase another ring. I think if you can find a player in their mid twenties on a smaller deal, can you, I, I say this all the time. It's a broken record. Like find the elder fraud hold at pass rusher, find, find the elder fraud hold at, at cornerback. They need to find it in the draft too. Like they, yeah, they do for as sure. much as they can help in free agency and then set them up for success with these double digit picks. Like they, and it's not a great pass rush draft, but I think you can, if you can find a, a diamond in a rough, like do that, like get, get these, these players that, uh, are, are now hitting free agency, find your own, draft and develop them, pair them with, you know, a BJ Ujolari, who you hope takes a step, as you said, Zayvon Collins, you hope he takes a step as well. Um, but it, it's all going to be, you know, they, they need more guys that are going to make a, a down-to-down impact consistently than they got from last year's effort. As crazy as it sounds, because they went so long without sacks this year, I don't think they view their pass rush situation as dire as maybe we do with the public yeah. does. I think. I mean, they I have one sack in six games over their final six games. I know that was bad. But uh, I, Jalen I Blair saying Grenard. I, I had Grenard as one of my. He was one. I think the first guy I had mentioned as far as us doing this on a weekly basis. I had Grenard, Jonathan Grenard from the Texans. I think he had twelve and a half sacks. He, he's he's a big time impact maker, and I think. I was looking at a tier below. I think like there's the top tier, obviously, like Brian Burns of the world, and then you get you know the Jonathan Grenards, and then you get to you know your Uches and, and Van Ginkles. Yeah, they they need to play in every sandbox, and then they go through the go through the motions of is this player interested? Do we have the money to to do this? Because all of these players we're mentioning, respectfully, would be upgrades for the Cardinal roster. Maybe not individual upgrades over like a B.J. Ojolari, hopefully in a year two pop year, but people that can help. It's such a long season. And I think that that's kind of what gets lost in the free agency hype of let's go sign X player for X amount of dollars. The Cardinals had no depth over 17 weeks in their front seven, their front seven. It was laughably thin by the end of the year. Like that can't happen again. That's irresponsible because we all believe that the Cardinals are going to be in a point of contention in the NFC playoffs to try to get back to the postseason for the first time since 2021 you can't do that with how you built your front seven last year. You need to go yeah. eight to 10 deep with these defensive linemen to be able to say, okay, X players out this week. We got somebody plug and play because those teams, in the NFC West are, are going, especially Mike McDonald. Now with Geno Smith, you know, being year to, they're trying to run you over and the Cardinals just don't have the depth up front right now to stop anybody's run game. We saw it McCaffrey yeah. And the Rams did whatever they wanted on the ground against the Cardinals. Like you, you got to start working to to combat that a little bit. Yeah, it, it's raising the floor as far as their defensive front goes. Let's raise the floor as far as your home flooring needs go with our friends over at Empire Today. We love Empire Today. We can help you start by saving three hundred fifty dollars off new floors. That's carpeting. That's flooring on your flooring needs in your home, your condo, wherever it may be. Check out Empire today. Check out their virtual floor designer. It's quick. It's easy. It's convenient. You can see what the floors look like in your dwelling. It's that simple. Just log on to empiretoday.com slash phnx. You'll start to save immediately $350. Schedule that free in-home estimate. All listeners receive an 
exclusive to PHNX listeners, $350 off when they use that promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for more details. You want the insight for the Arizona Cardinals. You uh, you tune into this podcast. You want to be part of the inner circle and get their tremendous insight. You head on over to Circle K, the Circle K app today. Why? Because it's America's thirst stop. Because of the free new membership program you can't get anywhere else. Hooking you up. Saving you 25 cents per gallon on your first count of five fill-ups. And save three cents per gallon every single day. And on top of that, you're going to get a six-free selection on Circle K products like pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. It's my go-to every single day for a plethora of reasons, including to save money. It's Circle K by becoming a member of the Inner Circle. Download that Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. Uh, Super chat from Curtis. Thank you so much. $2. What happened to John Gaines, Bo? Well, he got hurt. And he was out for the year. And now yeah. he's, I would imagine, coming back trying to fight for a roster spot. Yeah, he, he tore his ACL. He's a fourth-round pick. And he was a guy that I think had a role as you know, backup interior offensive depth. He was backup center and probably would have gotten a shot at left guard if he had stayed healthy enough. He was been around the organization, and I think he was rehabbing that knee uh, as late as you know the regular season finale and, and looking forward towards his sophomore season where he hopefully would stay healthy, but he was the most athletically uh, tested guard or offensive lineman at the combine last year. And I think that the the team likes him a lot, but they, they need to see, you know, what he looks like on grass in the regular season to really make a true determination. If, if he's somebody that they're moving forward with, if, if he's a guy that is starting caliber at the guard or center position, but as of right now, he's just somebody that, you know, they liked from their draft class and, and we'll continue to see what he's all about uh, come as early as who knows, maybe April, May. We'll see what his uh timeline is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's gonna be a lot of competition at those guard spots, and there should be after last year, a little bit of a turns style. And we all had hoped that Gaines was gonna play, and he would have played at some point last year. I don't, I couldn't tell you how he would have done, but they, they, you know, free agency, the draft. There's, there's gonna be new bodies inserted. And it's gonna be the best man wins in that position group. A uh, lot of new faces, new faces in the Cardinals front office, Bull Brock, uh, as I think really the final piece has has moved on from that prior mm-hmm. regime in which they picked players in both free agency and the draft. Yeah, Jonathan Jones reported from CBS Sports that the Cardinals parted ways with uh, VP of player personnel, Quentin Harris. And if you remember, Harris was the co-interim GM when Steve Keim unceremoniously took a leave of absence and ended up resigning. Uh, Harris stayed with the organization as A-Dub, Adrian Wilson, ended up moving on to the Carolina Panthers. But Harris had been Arizona scouting department for 16 years. He was a respected personnel guy, according to Jones. His, Harris had previously interviewed with the Giants and the GMs. Yeah, there's the tweet uh, from Jones. And Quentin Harris is, is somebody that is, is outlined here, been with the organization for a long, long time. And I think that the Cardinals did right by him by, if he wanted to stay around last season. They, they let him stay around and do his job and now have, you know, mutually parted ways here. And, and the the transition continues. And one of the bigger names from Cardinals, the Cardinals organization at this time last year in Harris is is no longer with the club any longer. Yeah, I mean, it the, the Cardinals, Austin Ford was going to call shots. And yeah. Dave Sear was a major player in Detroit. And Dave Sear is set up to be a GM in waiting. And who knows? Bonnie Austin Ford has success. Is he is he a president of the Cardinals at some point? Like anytime you get an exterior set of eyes, which is what the Cardinals needed. Let's let's not make any mistake about it. That unfortunately there's going to be some turnover and some change. And as people, you sympathize because everybody goes through this in your professional work environment. There's turnover and there's layoffs or there's mutual parting ways. But here's the 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 the, the end situation is Steve Kime and his gross negligence signing players, drafting players, I think costs a lot of people their job. And 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 so as a result, you saw Adrian Wilson say, you know what, I'm going to have better opportunities elsewhere. And now Quentin Harris, I don't know if he was a lame duck or not in his in his role this year, but like he was not helped by Steve Kime. And so Monty Austin for the minute he was brought in, and that's why we commended Michael Bidwell at the time. Yeah. The minute they decided to go out and get somebody externally, the Cardinals were saying the way we do things, fair or Different. not, is wrong. And and that's not to say 
I'm sure Quentin Harris pushed back against Steve Kime more times than not. I'm sure hopefully Adrian Wilson had a difference of opinion with, with Steve Kime, even though they were buddies. But like it or not, you're associated to that regime. You're associated with the old way of doing things. And that old way of doing things lost you a lot of games. Yeah. And and and, and you had a roster that was bottom three in the NFL, if not worse. And so they're doing things differently now. Yeah, and uh, look, the change is for the better. You you wish nothing but the best for Quentin Harris. Absolutely, and a lot of good years spent with this within this organization. But as you said, like 16 years in that building, you know, outside of this past season, all of them working underneath a guy that, um, you know, pretty much torpedoed this this franchise yeah. and, and put him into a really tough spot by the end of it. And guilty by association, call it fair or unfair. Um, I, I think that this is Quentin Harris has had interviews. He's going to find another job and, and he'll, that's, he'll be good, in the NFL, that's good for him. He'll be, he'll remain in the NFL. No doubt about it. Well said. Uh, if you're intrigued as far as what's going on around the league, around this team, of course you want to become a diehard. We're talking about it all day long, even outside of the show chat. We're in the member discord. The way to access that you got to become a diehard today. It's the exclusive member discord. Also you get the full access to go Every single article, not just the free ones, but the ones behind uh, a little bit of a paywall, but that we make exclusive for our diehards. Check it out for yourself. Become a diehard today before the draft party. Get in now. Uh, and, and we'll appreciate it. You'll get your free swag for the year. You can get a free T-shirt, free hat, whatever you decide you want for the PHNX Locker. Become a diehard today. Uh, continue your Cardinal fandom with us here at PHNX. You won't regret it. We love it. Um, make sure you like this video. It does, yeah. does wonders for us. Like this video. Leave a comment below about any of the topics that we discussed. Make sure you're following Johnny, Damon Dog on Twitter, myself as well, and at PHNX underscore Cardinals. Um, other than that, anything else before we get you out to your Thursday? Yeah, I mean, we're fired up about next week's combine coverage. No better time to become a diehard, as Bo mentioned, for that insight that you can't get anywhere else. Do us a favor. Subscribe to PHNX Sports. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals. Leave a review for your boys if you would be so kind. And uh, we're getting closer. I feel like we're two days away from the start of the the floodgates opening. Like, I know I've been saying this for like a week now. When we get to the combine next week or maybe before, it's, it's balls to the wall. NFL news hits the haywire like never before for about two and a half months. So rest up now, hydrate, and be ready with your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. For Damon Dog, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back on a Thursday. Peace.